Hello and welcome back to The Goal Podcast. I'm your host, Isabel O'Brien, and I'm very pleased to be once again joined by my co-host, Jade Williams. How are you doing today, Jade? Very happy to be back. I did enjoy my time in Paris, but it's always a delight to sit down next to you in our little recording studio. Oh, I'm so flattered that you enjoy spending time with me more than you do in Paris, although I don't know if I completely believe you. (laughs) So what have we got coming up today, Isabel? Well, as I mentioned at the end of last week's episode, today we are going to be hearing from Gold's latest Catalyst interviewee. And that is Karen Pinachian, Head of Medical Affairs Europe at CSL Bearing. The full interview is going to be out next week, but today we are very excited to share some exclusive snippets. So if you want to be suitably tempted to read the full edition, stay tuned. So who's today's guest? Well, as Isabel said, Karen Pinachian heads up the European medical team at CSL Bearing. He works across five therapeutic areas, and that's immunology, haematology, including gene therapy, respiratory, cardiometabolic, and transplantation. So it's quite a few. Before joining the industry, Karen worked as a physician in his native France, but as you will hear in a moment, he always dreamed of impacting lives at scale, and the pharmaceutical industry came calling. Indeed, his journey into the industry began when he joined a biotech startup in Marseille and he has since gained a wealth of experience in medical affairs and clinical development. This has included both time at Roche and Boehringer Ingelheim. In his role at CSL, he is passionate about putting patients first and translating science into business value, two very important principles that truly shine through during the interview. I had the delight of interviewing Karen and I'm very excited to share some snippets from the interview today. So let's get started. Let's go. Uh, For our first highlight from the discussion, let's listen to the events that led Karen to the pharmaceutical industry. It's it's usually the first question which is asked in all of uh, interviews, uh, job interviews for every physician actually who who worked in a hospital. Um, so uh, and uh, and I had time over last uh, you know twenty or more years to 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 think about and get my confirmation that what I had as uh, as a thinking at the very beginning is still valid. I think there there is a combination of three factors which I thought will happen if I try it, and there is a trigger event which I will maybe describe it. So it's a kind of a the thinking, theoretical thinking, and a trigger, because you can have one or another one. You can always have a thinking, but that without a trigger, nothing is happening. Or if you have a trigger, but you are not ready uh, for that, you, you are not going for that. And there was one moment when it was combined for, for me. So those three elements which I, I, I had and I, when I was in, in hospital in um, in Marseille, in, in southern France, I, I thought that it could be interesting for me to combine in my activity uh, science, patient care, and communication. That's one one element that I always wanted to do. The second element I always wanted more than maybe others, also because of my, my family background. I'm French-Armenian, and uh, it's a big emigration or diaspora uh, people. So you can be Armenian from uh, you know Argentina, Los Angeles, or uh, southern France, or, or, or Russia, kind of anywhere in the world. And, and I have a lot of family abroad in different countries in the world. So I always was feeling that I don't want to stay all of my life uh, in one place and travel to other countries only as a, as a tourist, but also having international experience. And I thought it's probably something which industry can provide me more versus the uh, the hospital parts because you cannot move abroad with your your patients. You have to stay where where they are. And then the the, the third element which I always wanted to is improve health and healthcare on a bigger scale than individual one by one patients and being part of bigger projects, big scale projects, which you have 
in in industry in in other industries like doing something which will impact uh, uh, thousands or, or millions of people versus uh, you know when you are in a consultation face to face of patients you, it, it's really great it's it gets me inspired and i was very happy about this but it's uh, changing things one by one which is also important and necessary but i said maybe i can also try to do something uh, on a on a bigger scale so that's those three things which I was looking for, the international experience, the combination of science, patient care, and communication, and then finally looking for a bigger scale project uh, uh, on innovation or, or, or big uh, um, healthcare projects. Some interesting points Karen makes there. I really like that part of his ambition for joining the industry was that you can't take your patients everywhere with you. Um, that clearly is a slight confine of being a physician. But I think the general message there is fantastic, hoping to make more of an impact, help the masses rather than the few. Why don't we hear about what his trigger was, though? And then the, the trigger element for me to go there that, you know, I was in uh, um, in hospital uh, as an otolaryngologist and had an ex-surgeon. I was participating in training, actually, in a diploma uh, of an investigator of clinical trials. And in one of, one of the sessions, I asked the team behind this training if there was a um, a study, a healthy voluntary study, where I could participate as a patient or as, uh, myself. Uh, they were a little bit surprised and said, like, why you want to participate? And I said, you know, this training, I'm getting myself ready to be the physician, to be the investigator who will be on the other side. And I want to experience what patient is experiencing. Well, I couldn't get the disease and become a patient, but I could be potentially healthy voluntary in a study. So I said, I want to experience the patient side, put myself in, in patient's shoes. And this triggered um, a kind of a um, relationship between me and that uh, the university t- uh, hospital team and the, this clinical pharmacology team there because I was I kind of I stood out from the from the crowd of all of those physicians who were studying to be investigator. Uh, this t- team remembered that, and uh, then a couple of years later, they just reached out to me saying, you know, one of one of professors, clinical pharmacology professor, very known in France, he reached out to me and said, uh, we are we are building a startup company in biotechnology. Do you want to join us? And, and I said, you know, I, I don't know anything about this. And he said, it's a rare disease. No one knows anything about this. Uh, but I like your thinking uh, um, and, and, and the patient focus. So maybe you, we, we can we can build out together. And, and then this was the trigger for me to go uh, to jump into the industry world. Amazing initiative from Karen there to put himself in the patient's shoes before he stepped into the role of being on the other side of the fence. And I think it's definitely a take that I've not really heard before from physicians. No, absolutely not. And clearly he surprised the team that he ended up working with on that biotech. And it did ultimately bring him into the industry, which is a place he dearly loves these days. So let's hear a little bit more about that. Uh, A key passion for Karen is gene therapy and personalized medicine. And in this next section, he discusses what the industry can do to shift the care paradigm much closer to this goal of personalized medicine. I think um, what I would like to bring in a discussion is also how the fact of you have um, personalized medicines if your studies work and you get approvals for different drugs, which are really personalized depending on bigger group or smaller groups, or ultimately on an individual patient level, is the fact that they are different treatments available, more and more treatments available, including in rare disease, where historically, or even in, in less rare, but in serious diseases like cancer and others, historically, there was no lot of choices. So basically, there was a, um, for patients or for physicians was a choice, or you have a, one treatment or you have none. 
actually and most of rare diseases today still are in the situation there's there's no treatment now more and more we are going in a situation where you have different therapeutic options even for uh, rare diseases in a, in a personal medicine and then you can decide to go for example for a intravenous treatment for subcutaneous treatment for oral treatment for a one-time treatment for a treatment which is on demand for a treatment which is prophylaxis or for a treatment which is one in a lifetime actually like like gene therapy type of approaches right and why why i'm saying this because i think it is ultimately having uh, more and more options thanks to innovation every day coming from industry and from healthcare system and from from big scientific organizations is uh, the focus on understanding of this granular understanding of the patient journey and patient-driven decisions and insights is now becoming bigger and bigger. So I think that's one key element that industry can, can certainly do that is focusing on understanding that more and more patients are in the driver's seat, actually, uh, versus uh, what was in, in the past where there was no need, really, if you are driving in on a road with there is no really one one line and then you just go straight away, there is no need to make a choice. You, I mean, your choice, you, you can make a choice of decide to stop. But if you drive, there is only one direction, right? But now there are different options. And I think this uh, patient-driven decision-making in uh, in healthcare is, for me, the one big pillar in this. It's fantastic to hear about how many different treatment options there will be for patients. Of course, personalized medicine isn't just about getting therapies targeted to your genes, like gene therapy. It is about having a completely personalized experience throughout that customer journey, which I think is so important as we go forward in healthcare. Absolutely. Um, Patients are finding themselves much more in the driver's seat these days. I read an article the other day that said patients are now going to their healthcare practitioners and sort of asking for treatments themselves rather than being prescribed specific ones. So Mm -hmm. there's much more research going on in this space with all this innovation that is continuing. So it's, yeah, it's great to see that patients are taking a more active role in their own healthcare decisions. Absolutely. Well, we are now on to our final clip in which Karen shares how he thinks the industry and healthcare systems can develop a more mutually beneficial relationship that works in the favour of patients. I mean, I don't think there's one simple answer to to this question. It's a lot of various elements. On there, I I would say that first element is this understanding that patient centricity is not only a declared goal is also something meaningful from the health perspective for healthcare systems. So being patient-centric has value um, for uh, for health systems, for hospitals, because besides even any ethical or other considerations. So it's really, really commercially beneficial, let me phrase it like this, for healthcare systems. But I think this also same is true for uh, for industry. So being patient-centric is not only uh, because we, we are ethical and we think about patients and this is also our responsibility but also that drugs which have patients in the middle and and patient journeys and decision making which considering uh, patient interest they are simply commercially more successful i think that's the the uh, the first element really to understand that we actually in reality we have this what you said mutually beneficial relationship we have same interests actually in reality so for me, more a question is how to uncover this interest. And one of tips I, I, I personally always use is really uh, 
while having your interests in mind, it's also focusing on on a partner's interest. What what your interests are. So, you know, I, I a very short story. When I move, was moving to uh, uh, to the industry, I got a, a tip from uh, one of. I was doing a, a short uh, business studies, like a, a master's degree in, in in management before moving to industry, and I got once a negotiation training from one of my negotiations professor, who was a buyer in a very big supermarket chain, and he teached us really on looking into your your partner's interests. And he said, yeah, I was getting better price from uh, any supplier when I was, you know, starting my discussion by what do you want me to buy from you today? Just tell me what you want me to buy and I, and I will find a way of, of doing this. So really focusing on, on, a, on a partner's interest is helping to uh, find this or uncover this mutually beneficial interest, which in reality, I think we really have in, in, in many places. And one of those examples is that no treatment works if it's not used in a patient, right? And uh, in case of, as an example of gene therapy or any 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 treatment which uh, provides substantial value for uh, uh, undertreated or uh, patients with uh, uh, life-treatening or debilitating diseases, not only focusing on on costs on one side and uh, you know benefits on another side, but trying to bring those two elements when you are in a commercial relationship under one overarching. Uh, um, pillar of value. What is the value for the healthcare system? What is the value for patients? What is the value for uh, physicians? And what is the value um, the uh, this relationship and this treatment or treatment paradigm shift providing to, um, to, to all of us and to the ecosystem? I like there how he connected one of his experiences in learning how to negotiate with how pharma and the healthcare system should interact because I guess it is fundamentally a negotiation at every single touch point, whether that's getting access to therapies or whether it's even bigger issues like digital health and how to work that into the whole the whole system. So lots of great points there. Absolutely. And yeah, understanding your partner's interests as well. I think you come to realise you've got a lot in common as well. Um, the pharmaceutical industry and the healthcare industry are working hand in hand pretty much. And they're both working toward this combined goal of a better world. So it's great to see that maybe a more harmonious relationship could be in the future. Patient centricity is absolutely the way forward. Agreed. And if you enjoyed that, well, sit tight because next week we will be releasing the full interview with Karen on the Gold website. It will be promoted across our social media and the newsletter. So hopefully you won't miss it. Absolutely. Do subscribe so you don't miss out. But until then, it's goodbye from us. Take care and bye for now. Bye.